I sometimes read uh, public domain books here on Leaves of Glen. And they were written a long time ago, uh, so they're usually uh, racist or sexist or bigoted. Uh, but in there somewhere and all that is a, a story, and that's why those stories are famous. Other times, I read uh, works from independent authors, and they're delightfully not racist, but they might have adult language or adult situations. So that's your warning, uh, but I'm sure you uh, are grown up enough to handle it. Don't write to me complaining. Oh, so that's what a waifu means. I can't believe I'm getting it wrong this whole time. Oh, hello. Welcome to the mansion of Leaves of Glen. It's a fun little bit where I uh, pretend to live in a mansion and uh, that I'm not actually recording this podcast in the basement of my house. Uh, I also read the hottest public domain books and short stories. This week, we're reading My Curse, My Flavor Town, a Guy Fieri creepypasta by Jordan Rotten 13. It's the story of the, uh, the host of Diners, Dives, and Drives, uh, who is evil and lurks in the forest. Uh, about the author, uh, Jordan Rotten 13 is a person on Reddit who just made this hilarious story and decided to post it up. I didn't read all of it. I just read a little bit of it. I said, oh, that's good stuff. Uh, it was offered to me by uh, Jackie, who I'll get to later. Fun facts about the author. Well, there's not uh, a lot about the author because it's just a guy. There's my cat posting stuff up on uh, on Reddit. Uh, so I looked into his user profile and I found out that he has a he has a, a post that says if you could replace the lead role of any movie with Guy Fieri, what would you pick? And I think I would pick Splash with Tom Hanks. I'd replace Tom. Ha- no, no, I'll replace Daryl Hannah. Daryl Hannah is Guy Fieri, who's being lusted after and has high pitched shrieks that shatters televisions. Uh, He's also, uh, apparently, uh, in other posts, an accomplished artist because he has drawings that he did of Alf as a member of the X-Men because it's uh, uh, there was a, a YouTube channel giveaway by the channel Near Mint Condition and uh, did a really good job, I have to say. As a man who also enjoys drawing himself, uh, I was pleased with what I saw. Even better, he posted up seven months of uh, painting fan posters for horror movies and uh, they are amazing to look at, actually. He spread them all out and took a photo of it. And my God, there was one in there for the Wicker Man, which titillated me, and it looks amazing. If I had money, I would reach out to him and say, I want to buy your copy of the Wicker Man. But I can't, because uh, I don't work until tomorrow. This is the first time in five months I'm going to say that I have a job again, the same job that laid me off, and I'm going back tomorrow. So I got to wrap this crap up. Uh, Beyond that, I got nothing else about the author. Beyond me working tomorrow, uh, I'm after this just going to roll my pear-shaped body up the basement stairs, across the kitchen floor, and into this closet that I call a bedroom that's right off the kitchen. Uh, I go to bed because I have to get up for work tomorrow. Oh, any other news? Well, Jackie, who I mentioned earlier, uh, is the one that inspired me to read this story, uh, which was nice of her. What's not nice of her, just like I warned you people, my dear listeners, 
Not to listen to last week's episode of Ladies Fright Podcast, which you can find on your podcast app of choice by looking up Ladies Fright. Or if you go to Twitter, you can see them on Ladies Fright Pod or uh, Instagram, Ladies Fright Podcast. She did an impression of me, which I'm going to play for you now. The first time I heard it, I thought, oh, am I angry? Second time, I softened a little, but still angry. Third time, uh, I softened a little bit more and thought, oh, that's actually uh, kind of spot on how I do, a, how I say a couple things. And then uh, the fourth and fifth time, I thought, well, I should just be happy that there's a, a woman somewhere in the world who actually even uh, pays attention to me. So that's kind of flattering. And then I was kind of flattered, but by the 13th to 20th listen, oh, I got angry all over again. My glenergy is white hot with hate. So, listen to this and uh, and don't enjoy it. <laughs> I have one more story and I'd love to dedicate it to my friends, Glenn. <laughs> my good friends, Glenn. Imagine a crackling fire. The story begins with a mortal man named Hautapu. Oh, it's going to be full of names like this. Who was a skilled hunter and Tohonga. While out hunting with his dog, Hautapu heard a sharp metallic noise. At first, he suspected it to be a Takahe, but just as he was about to go and investigate, he noticed a pair of dark gleaming eyes against a pale white face, staring back at him from behind a bush with just a glint of coppery hair. The appearance was startling, but Hautapu <laughs> ran into the thickets nonetheless. The face turned out to belong to a crouched woman who had been too astonished and too terrified to flee from the hunter. Hautapu took her by her exposed shoulder, ooh, it's getting sexy, and brought her out into the sunlight, and right then and there claimed her as his wife on account of her appearance. Tall, young, fair-skinned, full and round erect breasts, broad, vigorous hips, generous curves, sturdy limbs and flowing thick hair which shone with a ruddy bronze tint in the sun. Her garment was a waste mat made from the leaves of cordyline. Bravo. Fucking bravo. Brav fucking I, oh my. Glenn, I love you so much. <laughs> well, now that we got that horse shit out of the way, uh, let's get on with the story. My curse, my flavor town. A Guy Fieri creepypasta. One night, I had a tough time falling asleep, so, oh, I decided to take a stroll through the woods. That's natural. And uh, little did I know, it was only the beginning of the nightmare that is now my life. It was around, oh, 1.45 a.m., uh, oh, a brisk night, uh, a still night. Armed with my flashlight... I walked straight into the forest on the outskirts of my town. In hindsight, oh, I should have noticed how quiet it was, especially for it being a, a forest uh, in, in the summer. Oh, I should have noticed the lack of any noise. Oh, there wasn't even a breeze. Suddenly, there was the, the sound of, of branches breaking, as, as if someone were, were, were tearing them straight off the trees. I panicked thinking there could be a bear or some other uh, horrible creature ready to pounce. 
Uh, Little did I know it was something so much worse than that. Something far worse. Uh, I stopped walking and uh, eh, cocked my head to the side, uh, hoping to hear the sound of footsteps so I would know which way to run if it came to that. I also picked up a uh, a couple of loose stones from the ground, uh, mostly just to calm my nerves. A loud, woo, oh, obliterated the silence. Yeah, it sounded as if, uh, if, uh, if, uh, if, uh, if Ric Flair had a throat lubricated with bacon grease. I could almost smell the noise. I, <laughs> I flipped the switch on my flashlight to try and hide my location. A loud thumping accompanied the noise, and in the, in the light of the full moon, I saw a human shape uh, come around the tree in front of me. And it was about 15 feet away uh, and nearly 6 feet in height. I heard a loud sniffing sound, and I could see the outline of its head turn my way. It, it started coming closer, and I started to feel adrenaline pump into my system. Oh, I turned tail and ran. I was sprinting as fast as I could, and this guy was easily keeping pace with me. Oh, I tripped and rolled onto my back, knowing that only in a few moments, my life would be over. As a last-ditch effort, I decided to to turn my light back on and maybe blind my pursuer. I waved the flashlight around wildly, hoping to to catch his eyes in the light. Uh, Large, black eyes reflected back, and I nearly nearly peed my pants. (laughs) I don't know why that got me. I don't think in all the time that I've ever been reading for these podcasts, I've ever had to read the lines, I nearly peed my pants. (laughs) Thinking for a moment that I was looking at some extraterrestrial being, uh, once I took a moment, though I realized it was sunglasses. Uh, Who would wear sunglasses? Uh, Well, in the forest. Uh, At 2 a.m. Why would anyone do that? I took the rest of this guy's outfit, uh, track pants, uh, snakeskin boots, and bright green bowler shirt with embroidered flames rising up from the bottom. Oh, the, sh- the shirt was also streaked with, with some dark liquid that I couldn't identify. I raised the, the light back up to the man's head and no, he had a black goatee with a bleached streak down the middle, uh, like, like, like a racing stripe, and bleached spiky hair on the top of his head. Oh, he looked weirdly familiar, like I had seen him somewhere before. Maybe maybe at the, lo- the local racetrack? Nah, maybe we had passed in the, in the street or something? I, I couldn't place him. Oh, he started to giggle as he approached me with, with it opened his mouth. Without moving his lips, I heard this sentence emanate from him. You're taking the gobble full throttle. And he charged after that. Still lying prone on the ground, there was a little defense as he belly flopped on top of me like an inept diver. Oh, the wind was very nearly knocked out of me, and he tried to pin me down. I I grabbed hold of his arms and, and realized that they were also covered with the same dark liquid that was on his shirt. It was a barbecue sauce. I screamed, and he yelled, uh, Ah, the sauce is money. It was a sudden movement, but deep into my shoulder, tearing a chunk out of my muscle. Oh, he twisted his head from side to side like an alligator and pulled his head back. <laughs> he swallowed my flesh as I lay there sobbing, knowing that my life was over. I, I could feel the lifeblood pumping out of my shoulder with each beat of my heart. He made a, oh, he made a smack inside with his lips. <laughs> I could put this on a flip-flop and it would taste good. <laughs> he climbed off me and flipped his sunglasses to the back of his head. I had a moment of clarity and realized this man 
This monster was Guy Fieri. He looked at me dead in the eye and said, Now that you bear my mark, you shall walk the earth for all eternity. You will, you will haunt diners, uh, drive-ins, and dives until the sun burns out and no life is left on this planet. I'm driving the bus to Flavortown. You're coming along for the ride. Love, peace, and uh, taco grease. And with that, he let out a, a long, bubbling sigh. His body started to shake and convulse, and I noticed that his skin and clothes were sloughing out, falling in chunks to the floor, uh, while it started to sink into the dirt. Soon, only a skeleton remained, and that too crumbled away. I forgot all about my, my shoulder, as my new and horrible agony racked my body, causing me to twist onto my side and curl in the fetal position. Oh, oh, I puked uncontrollably and shook. It felt as though my skin was splitting. The dropped flashlight illuminated my body as I looked down and saw that I was correct. Huge splits were running down my arms. It felt uh, like the same could be happening on my legs. In the splits, I could see something bright yellow, but I couldn't make it out as a fresh wave of pain hit me. All my head seemed to stretch and bulge as something forced itself out of the back of my head, and I was on the ground screaming for what seemed like hours. At some point, I blacked out. I awoke and realized that my voice had completely been destroyed from the screaming. But I also realized the pain. It started to subside. Oh, and I looked around and saw my skin and clothes littering the ground around me as if I had cast them off. I felt my face and realized I had grown a, a goatee and sunglasses were now sitting on the back of my head snugly. Is that what grew out of the back of his head? That's freaking amazing. I stared down at my arms and saw tattoos. I were never there before. Uh, framed my arms was a yellow short sleeve shirt with flames printed on the sleeves and bottom. It hit me like a ton of bricks. My worst nightmare had come true. I was Guy Fieri now. So that's part one. Uh, there's a part two, uh, which we'll get into. My curse, my flavor town two, flavor bound. I sat on the floor of my kitchen in a circle of candles, wreathed <laughs> in the shifting, flickering light. I was working on opening the device. It was a triangular in shape and made of wood or uh, metal. It was tough to say. Uh, the, the puzzle, what appeared to be representations of pepperoni and cheese on it, uh, somehow I had to reconfigure this into a, a, a pizza slice if I wanted to open the portal to flavor down. <laughs> Hours passed and I was making progress, twisting a pepperoni here and realizing some cheese there. And, and I moved my fingers along the crust and almost imperceptibly, I felt a click. I knew I was almost there. I spun the crust around and suddenly I heard the tolling of distant bells, taco bells, and a glowing, almost neon blue light started to pour in from nearly every crack and seam in the room. Oh, I heard the cans of Mountain Dew in my fridge explode! The various bags of chips and other junk foods started throbbing and pulsing. <laughs> they, too, eventually burst open. I turned to my right, and suddenly there was an open doorway where just seconds ago there was a blank wall. Fog filled it. And it was lit by that same blue light. I, I, 
and I couldn't make out anything past the entrance, but I knew that this was my ticket to Flavortown. A man-sized shape formed in the fog, and I could, I, could, I could barely make it out. It started to approach me and eventually stepped into my kitchen. The stories were true! The pizza puzzle uh, had been solved, and the, and the mayor of Flavortown himself, Guy Fieri, was now in my house. Now he looked dot, 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 different. He wasn't wearing the bowling shirt. Oh, instead, he had on some kind of a yeah, latex leather contraption that did not fit him at least. Uh, he was pouring out of the outfit. Oh, uh, his blubber bursting through small square holes. Oh, it almost looked like the holes were... Uh, the purposely tightened around the flesh as the blood leaked from them and the skin was blackening as if dead. He had his trademark sunglasses on and, oh, yes, same hair, uh, but his overall skin tone was now bluish gray. Uh, he had eh, spatulas, another cooking instruments, uh, tied around his considerable waist. Uh, what are you? I asked. Uh, an explorer? In the further regions of taste, <laughs> a demon to some, an angel to others. He took a step toward me and extended his hand. Come, you solved the slice. <laughs> you must come with me and taste our pleasures. I declined to take his hand, but I followed him nonetheless. And we walked for what seemed like eons through labyrinthine corridors. My sense of smell was being constantly assaulted by the new and varied scents. Well, with that, uh, boy, I'm wet. Why don't we take a break and, uh, and learn about new and upcoming romance novels from Penguin Random House Books. I'll, I'll meet you up in the master bedroom, eh? Oh, man, I can't wait to see what you're wearing when they come out. Uh, oh, that's it. You know, every episode that we've done where we meet up here in the master bedroom where you sprawl yourself out on the silken sheets of my waterbed. Uh, you're normally wearing something sexually adventurous and exciting, uh, but this time you're just naked. Hey, it's not bad. It's just not like you. You normally yeah, you spruce things up. You wear a little outfit. Here, uh, put on this... Uh, this uh, father's collar. There you go. Put on, put on a religious outfit. There we go. Let's uh, let's make things dangerous. A little weird. Let's get let's get fun. Just let's have some fun as uh, we read the new and upcoming romance novel "Hot Under His Collar" by Andy J. Christopher. Well, you want to learn about "Hot Under His Collar"? He's forbidden fruit, and she's a yeah, a rule follower. But their connection is something to believe in. I see what they did there. That's pretty clever. Father Patrick Dooley joined the... That's a classic Irish Catholic name. That's great. Okay. Joined the clergy to fulfill his mother's dying wish. While it once gave him purpose, he's not so sure it's his calling anymore. That's because he tied it to your dying mother. It's not a career choice, but it's all he's ever known, and he's not sure what he wants to do with his life if he decides to leave the priesthood. Uh, how, how, how can he reconcile his faith with his growing desire to live a different life? Sasha uh, Finergidi was content to admire Patrick from afar while she dated men who were perfect on paper and wrong in real life. But with Patrick's church in need of funding to keep a community program afloat, she's just the girl to solve their fundraising problem. 
Spending more time together only fuels Sasha's crush on him, who finds a, a kindred soul in her. The more Patrick gets to know Sasha, the easier it is for him to see a future unfolding for them. But it'll take a leap of faith, oh, ah, I see what they did, to turn their friendship into something more, and neither of them are quite ready to make the jump. So if you want a story that's complicated, weirdly religious, and forbidden, get Hot Under His Collar by Andy J. Christopher. It's, it's coming out July 20th. Uh, 2021 uh, on Amazon, Barnes & Noble, uh, Hudson Booksellers, Indiebound, Powell's, Target, uh, Bookshop.org, which we never made a cent off of, though we're trying to be affiliated with them. Uh, my favorite, Books A Million, and Walmart. Well, with that, why don't you take off the pre-stuff? You just, you're, not, you're not doing it lately. You're just not pulling your weight. You're making me do all the work here. That's just, why don't we just go back downstairs to the library and just finish this creepypasta? Yeah, where, where did we leave off? Uh, oh, he went to Flavortown, was assaulted by new and varied scents. Uh, some amazing. Uh, some so bad I couldn't even imagine uh, what they'd be coming from. Uh, the corridor finally opened up into a wide plateau. Above everything, there was a gigantic floating burrito, <laughs> which was impossibly large. It could be the origin of the various food smells. Uh, Flavortown seemed like it would be a lot nicer than this uh, when I heard the stories. The, the burrito let out a, a loud blast of sound, almost like some kind of a, a foghorn. My mind could barely comprehend what I was seeing. Oh my God, I muttered. No, this is mine. The God I serve in this world and yours. The God of flavor, hunger, and grease. <laughs> my God, Barithon, Lord of Flavortown. I gasped for air. Uh, the stench of the massive shifty burrito was <laughs> starting to overpower me, <laughs> starting to make me have flashbacks of meals past. This is what you wanted. This is what you wanted to taste, to smell. You wanted a one-way ticket to Flavortown, and now you have one, Guy shouted and chuckled. Behind me, I heard a noise like a greased-up ball of bearings moving a slab of wood. A guy took a step back uh, towards me and declared, uh, My God wants someone to taste. What it's crafted and I brought you. He shoved me hard in the chest and I fell back, immediately landing in what appeared to be uh, an open upright coffin of some kind. Well, that's a twist. Uh, something restrained my arms and legs and I had a split second to look down and I saw oversized forks and spoons holding me in place. A sharp, stabbing pain erupted from my side and I saw a tube full of what, what, what looked like a, a, a Crisco impaling my side, uh, pumping me full of the sun. More spoons uh, and, and forks held my head in place uh, with my mouth open. Uh, an arm made of what looks like to be sausage and bacon dropped down in front of my face, jamming itself down my throat. Uh, I couldn't breathe. Uh, the smells and pain were overwhelming. Oh, I blacked out and I awoke being held at a 45 degree angle. <laughs> Still restrained, although now my head was free to look around for all the good that did me. Uh, the room was nearly pitch black. Guy approached me with a grin 
plastered on his cold face. He removed his sunglasses, and I saw that his eyes were sewn shut. <laughs> I gave up a lot to become what I am now. Sight is meaningless to me, so I cast it off. It's all about that taste, brother. I'm going to show you the light, and then you're going to join my culinary cabal. I'm about to knock your socks off with this fresh take on a classic. Oh, when I, when I put this in your mouth, oh, you're going to feel like an ATM because this is money. <laughs> I stepped out of view and returned uh, with a wheeled table, not unlike those you would see a cadaver in a morgue. It was covered in macaroni and cheese. He took a large spoon off his belt. I'm so inundated with all this food-related stuff that I just read that the wheeled table uh, that you'd see as like a cadaver at a morgue was covered in macaroni and cheese. Didn't faze me. Just kept reading through it. Uh, he took a large spoon off his belt and thrust it into the heaping mound and, and then turned to me and shoved it into my mouth with a dispassionate look, the spoon shattering one of my teeth. He loudly shouted, Cha-ching! <laughs> through, through the blood and enamel, I could taste the cheesy mess. Oh, my sanity must have started to slip because it really did taste good. After, after I swallowed, he, he filled my mouth again immediately. Uh, this time, it tasted slightly different, uh, better somehow. There was a hint of something that I couldn't quite place. Oh, I chewed more and realized that it was, it was bacon. And I looked at Guy, and he grinned again. Hey, uh, you tasted that bacon yet? It really kicks it up a notch, huh? He started making sucking sounds with his mouth and then smacked his lips, belched, and ate some of the mac and cheese himself. Uh, that bacon is made of a, uh, uh, of a long pig, if you know what I'm saying. Uh, yeah. And I looked down and saw that strips of flesh were cut from my torso and legs. This and many more horrors were to be my fate for all eternity. It looks like I got myself into nothing but trouble. My Curse, My Flavor Town, Part 3, GGG, Guy's Gooey Games. Guy Fieri walked through the woods of the Pacific Northwest, looking for mushrooms and other such things to add to his repertoire of flavors. And as the self-appointed mayor of Flavortown, he felt it important to always try and improve his flavor game. Nachos were going to evolve on their own. After all, little did he know he was being watched the whole time. Oh, Guy continues walking through the woods, vaguely following a path uh, that made sense to him, weaving through ferns uh, and keeping his eyes low, searching for uh, tasty mushrooms and roots. Eventually, the woods opened up to a clearing at the edge of the great body of water. Guy decided to take a look around the shore for claims or other mollusks to store in his fanny pack. Then he heard it, twigs snapping and foliage rustling. Uh, a high-pitched cry uh, broke the relative silence, and Guy felt an odd stirring within himself. As an eternal being, he occasionally felt things here and there, vague feelings of recognizing other creatures of such power. What he felt now was much more dot, 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 primal. Uh, without meaning to, Bigfoot 
It let out the long, frustrated cry. It knew that it desperately needed the man's attention, and it needed something else, too. The sweet release of years of pent-up passion. Oh, Bigfoot walked out of the forest toward the man, its swollen, girthy dingus, bouncing between its hairy legs. Oh, the man froze upon seeing Bigfoot, but a smile slowly spread across his face as he took note of Bigfoot's erect love dart. <laughs> uh... Uh, hey there, big fella, the man called out. I think you have just what I need right now, and I'm pretty sure I have a few things that'll make your day, too. Across the body of water, a long-necked beast poked its head out of the depths, intent on watching the scene unfold on the shore. Oh, it wasn't often that Ogopogo was able to see acts of such bestial passions while really diving into the obscure uh, uh, paranormal beasts. Guy unbuttoned his trademark flame-embroidered shirt, but didn't remove it. What he did remove was his sweet jean shorts and fanny pack. Oh, he adjusted his sunglasses to fit comfortably on the back of his head, standing there with his own engorged love muscle exposed in the bright sunlight. Uh, the same kind of golden god he waited for the Sasquatch to make its move. Oh, maybe it was time to kick it up a notch and entice his new planet. Oh, he turned around and bent over, spreading his cheeks wide for the huge beast to see. This was not how I expected part three to go. <laughs> Bending at the waist and folding himself almost in half, he stuck his head between his spread legs and yelled, Dinner is served, baby! Time to take a trip to Flavortown. I've heard you mostly eat berries and plants, but today you're going to be a meat eater. Not fully in control of himself, Bigfoot slowly advanced on Guy. Oh, he took up position behind him and bent at his knees, almost as if in prayer. Bigfoot gripped Guy's hips and pulled Guy toward his face, sticking his dry, wide tongue out. He started licking Guy's balloon knot while Guy shrieked in ecstasy. <laughs> Time passed and Bigfoot was ready for some release of his own and decided to enter Guy. As Bigfoot speared Guy, Guy's mind drifted back to memories from a lifetime ago, dwelling on the time he spent with a young man just starting to dabble in mysticism named Alistair Crowley. Oh, he spent months with him, teaching him secret skills and how to how best to power bottom. Oh, he hoped he made good use of them. Guy was snapped out of his daydream when Bigfoot let loose into the high-pitched cry and, and that it was time. Bigfoot blasted his load into Guy, and he found that he uh, he, uh, he he uh, he he could he couldn't stop coming. In fact, he couldn't even pull out. Oh, his balls uh, were pulled out through his peephole as he he kept spraying load after load into Guy's voracious ass. <laughs> voracious ass. Out of all that, for some reason, voracious ass stood out. Uh, Welcome to my flavor trap, <laughs> Guy yelled, and then he started cackling. Oh, the suction of Guy's ass started to increase steadily. Big. Bigfoot was panicking at this point, and he was striking Guy as hard as he could with his arms and trying to, and, and trying to bite him, eh, but it, it's no use. More and more, Bigfoot is being sucked inside Guy until all that was left was Bigfoot's screaming head. And then that, too, was pulled inside. Erupting like Mount St. Helens, Guy let loose a satisfied moan and speared forth the skeleton of Bigfoot from his gaping urethra like a twisted Mortal Kombat fatality. <laughs> Bigfoot's essence was now inside Guy, and he thought that legendary life force could sustain him for months to come. 
After recovering from such strenuous activity, he buttoned his shirt back up, oh, and collected his things. Across the water, a wave of cascading pleasure crashed over Ogopogo, and it spurted a bountiful clutch of eggs all over the shore. Guy scooped some up and put them inside his fanny pack. Then he went on his way in search of new flavor and lives to consume. Well, now that we're back here in the smoking room, we can review what we've read here on this Reddit user's uh, collection of short stories. Uh, well, what happened? A simple man walking through the forest, and Guy Fieri shows up out of nowhere and bites his shoulder and tears off a bunch of flesh. Uh, Guy Fieri himself dies, turns into a skeleton, and evaporates, and then the man himself uh, becomes Guy Fieri, which is a... Uh, a considerable amount of power. And then, after that, he uh, winds up going to Flavortown, where a giant burrito rotates in the sky and just pours flavor out across its peoples. A different type of Guy Fieri lives in uh, Flavortown. He's the mayor, and uh, he forces food into this man, macaroni and cheese, which is delicious with bacon and other sorts of stuff. Um, that gets a little abstract. And then finally, in the third part... Uh, he has uh, sex with a Sasquatch uh, while an Ogopogo is uh, out in the lake watching. And then uh, he absorbs the Sasquatch into his body and uh, has, has considerable new powers. Will there be more? God, I kind of hope so. I kind of like how the third part just went straight for sex. Just sex. Sex for sex sake. Uh, just all over the place. A, a little disturbing, a little weird. Uh, what's good? I love that Guy Fieri and the entire universe of flavor has been created. Uh, an entire new arena of power based on taste. I enjoy that thoroughly. Uh, it's abstract and weird, but I still had a good time reading it. What sucks? Uh, I guess that the Sasquatch got absorbed into Guy Fieri's uh, giant suction butt. Uh, but, you know, maybe if there's another, uh, uh, if I could give any uh, notes for the next uh, story that this person might write, uh, I would say, uh, have the Sasquatch come back even more powerful. I don't know. And there's a battle between Gaffieri and the, the deceased Sasquatch that's been absorbed into his body. I don't know how that would work. What do we learn? Well, we learn that uh, you can take someone as mediocre as Gaffieri and... Uh, and uh, just make a whole thing out of them. I saw a thing on YouTube a while back where uh, they took the song Hurt, uh, sung by Johnny Cash, which is super sad, uh, but it's originally made by Nine Inch Nails, sung by Johnny Cash, and it's just clip after clip of Guy Fieri eating things, hamburgers, whole steaks, that kind of stuff, just clip after clip of him shoving stuff in his mouth with the song Hurt playing, and it's weirdly touching. Probably because Johnny Cash sung it, but still, it just makes you think this host holds a lot of pain. All just to have success on the Food Network and whatever McMansion he lives in. Well, so, uh, with that, I guess I'll go to bed so that I can wake up tomorrow and actually be an employed man again. Thanks for listening, and I'll see you next time.
Ah, uh, well, it appears you found me in the part of the podcast I hate the most where I tell you all about the places on the internet where you can find me. You can tell I hate this because of the sound effects making it sound like a stormy night uh, in the drawing room of the damned. Now, there's there's that. Uh, I, I, are you cool? I like cool people. It's the reason why I got involved in this business to begin with, just to meet cool people. Not losers. So if you're cool, uh, feel free to go over to my website, uh, nuzzlehouse.com. You can see a backlog of everything I've ever read, uh, along with episodes from Book Boys and uh, blah, blah, blah. You can also find me on Instagram, uh, which is uh, House Nuzzle. And conveniently enough, uh, Twitter, which is also at House Nuzzle. Annoyingly, YouTube made me pick a name instead of just a house nuzzle. So I got Glenn Nuzzles. So I guess you search for that if you want to watch a screen that doesn't do anything and just hear my voice. Uh, and since, uh, since I think you might be cool, you can always just email me directly. Glenn.nuzzles at gmail.com But don't, uh, don't email if you're a, a nerdlinger or a dork. Now, back to business. I can't believe I drank all of them already. There's gotta be one left. 